0: So for those that don't know Russ Bliss, you should know him, but he is on 1580 AM, The Fanatic. Um, we uh, I've been in a part of his show for 15 plus years now, uh, going on every Tuesday, talking fantasy football for the whole hour with him every single uh, week during the fantasy season. Russ, the show has been on, correct me if I'm wrong, NBC, CBS, it's been all over the place, um, currently residing at uh, The Fanatic, which is a CBS um, Location as well, or station?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a CBS affiliate. It's, uh, it's on 99.3 FM, uh, translator channel on FM, and it's 1580 AM on the AM dial.
0: And they can find us every single Tuesday at 6, uh, 6 p.m. Arizona time, which is going to be 8 p.m. Eastern, and they can stream it live on 1580 The Fanatic as well, correct? Correct. So join us there every single week during the fantasy season where we talk, and we've talked for over 15 years russ's show has been going for 23 plus going on 23 years right
1: going on our 23rd year this august yes
0: and have we ever confirmed that anybody has ever had a longer fantasy football radio show we have not right nope nope i've
1: googled it and i can't find anyone who's been doing a terrestrial radio show uh, for as long as i have for fantasy football
0: yeah what's the longest one you've ever come across i think one was kind of close but it, then it clo- it stopped it ended
1: Yeah, it ended after uh, 22 years, and that was right here in Phoenix as well, and that was the Fantasy Forum that used to be on one of the competing stations. And, you know, great guys over there, uh, Barry, and I can't remember the other guy's name, Escapes me at the current moment, but they'd been doing it for a couple of years before I started up, and then they shut down a couple of years ago. So uh, this year, if I'm on, I should uh, pass them for having the longest running continuous
0: well, in the I world. Well, I hope we do it, Russ, because I'm looking forward to. I look forward to it every year. I'm always glad to be uh, on the Tuesday show. Um, so, uh, real quickly, if you want to tell uh, everybody a little bit about how you started in the business and how long ago it was, well.
1: It was 1996 when I first started with uh, 1060, and I was uh, actually at that time uh, running uh, Phoenix Firebirds games, if you remember the old Phoenix Firebirds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I also was a part-time disc jockey on 98KUPD at the same time, and the... AM Sports Station wanted to start having some live local content, because they were all uh, satellite feed and minor league uh, play-by-play at that time, and they approached me and asked me if I was ever thought about doing a sports radio talk show, and I'm like, I would never thought of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, came up with the idea of, hey, let's do a uh, one-hour fantasy football show one day a week, and it grew to five days a week and two hours a night, and... Now, now I've cut it back since I'm no longer a full time station employee. Uh I am what they call a contractor now and so I get to pick and choose when I'm on the air. And I like Tuesdays and Wednesday evenings. That works best for my schedule. And we just talk fantasy football. You know, I wanna say uh one of the first players I remember talking about was uh Peyton Manning when he uh when he was a rookie. <laughs> and how he really set the stage for all of the great rookie quarterbacks that we've seen ever since, because Peyton Manning was the anomaly. Granted, he came in and he threw like 26 touchdown passes and 28 interceptions his first season in the NFL, but to throw for over 3,000 yards at that time and have that many touchdowns as a rookie was really not expected or uh, or heard of uh, until then, and since then, you know, we, now we've seen the success of many rookie quarterbacks and young quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I remember my first fantasy draft was in, uh, and I remember I listened to you, Russ, before I even got into the fantasy football industry, so if that dates both you and me, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but um, I, I remember playing, I think, I think 1994 was the first time I did a fantasy football league, and I actually got into fantasy football as a fantasy... I actually got into football as a fantasy football fan. Um, So I didn't have a team. I didn't have a stake in anything. So I think it really helped mold my thinking in not becoming a homer, have an unbiased opinion. Um, But I remember listening to you uh, around that time, 1996, 97. uh, And uh, and boy, yeah, it's funny how time flies. I remember many years later we reconnected and then we started doing the show together. And I think the first player I talked about on your show was Arian Foster, talking about a top five uh, running back and he had an ADP in the fourth and fifth round. Um and uh that's kind of the first player I remember touting and, and talking about on your show. Um and then the rest is history.
1: Yeah, it's been a uh it, it's been an interesting run. I've seen an awful lot over the years. You know, one one of my favorite uh memories of playing fantasy football before I ever got uh onto the radio aspect of it was I used to play in those uh, types of leagues that used to be run by the sporting news and you would have like you had, it, Thirty different categories, and you'd play against other people, and depending as to you know what your average yards per carry for all of your running backs was, and you know you get ranked based off of that on a point scale, and you had an insane amount of points because they had all these different categories for all the different uh, stats, you know yards per carry, rushing attempts, all that stuff. But it was the three-quarterback league uh, where you had two starters, and that was the year that Scott Mitchell and Derek Kramer both went nuts for Detroit and Scott Chicago, respectively.
0: <laughs> yeah, Wow. There's some names that uh, you threw out, and it's like, wow. A lot of people, I think a lot of most of my listeners probably would never even know who he is. Uh, um, yeah, that's a great – Jerry Rice, you know, all those names. Uh, were, those were the names back then. Troy Aikman, you know, not a great oh, yeah, well, guy, but yeah. –
1: no, I, Troy was never a great fantasy quarterback. He was a great NFL quarterback, but right. not a great. Fan- they had Emmitt Smith, and they didn't need to to throw the football to win football games. Emmitt Smith was always the uh, the one Dallas Cowboy player you really wanted. Guys like Aikman and Michael Irvin better NFL players than they were fantasy football players. Uh, for those that play fantasy football,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's, am- it's amazing uh, uh, what. Uh... How 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 you your thinking changes like if you've never done fantasy football before how you think a guy like man would be good because he's efficient and stuff like that so it took some learning by by even me back then when I was listening to you uh, in 1996 six ninety five crafted my game and then that's really in the 2000s is when I started thinking you know there isn't a site out there that does bold like year round stuff I was always wanting to do our draft um, you know as a crazy graduating high school kid and going into college do our draft like as soon as the Super Bowl ended, and my my league mates would be like, "What are you doing? You're crazy!" Like, and I want to draft. I want a mock draft, and there's just no <sighs> content out there. Um, so that's why I started my site uh, back then was Fantasy Football Extreme, and uh, I wanted it year round. As soon as the Super Bowl was over, I wanted to do a mock draft, and uh, you know that's been my mentality ever since. And and taking what we do in the radio show on 1580 AM and incorporating everything about you know that and turning it into a video show has been really the process here in the journey is to have the kind of content that we provide, you know, back and forth doing interviews like this with different people in the industry and having people like yourself on that know a lot of what they're talking about and just giving people that kind of information in a video format. So I really hope to take the fantasy football world by storm with this video show and and it all kicks off here and I'm so glad to have you on the show. And um one thing I wanted to go over if it's okay with you is like the top twenty five Uh, Top 30, like ADP or overall, you know, consensus rankings and kind of see what we both think of who's falling too far, who's getting drafted and ranked too high and just kind of go Mm -hmm. from there. Does that sound like something?
1: Yeah, we can definitely do that. You know, I was looking at some of the ADPs that are out there, some of the sites that do the ADPs, and I was really surprised to see that uh for example, on one of them, that I'm staring at right now, they don't have Antonio Brown listed at all. Right. And why wouldn't you have Antonio Brown? I mean, I I go over to like fantasy pros because, you know, we've all been associated with fantasy pros at one time or another in our careers. And Antonio Brown is listed as their sixth highest ranked wide receiver. But as far as his, his ADP at the current time, I mean, I'm going down this list for the wide receivers and he's not even in the top 135 people being drafted And so it makes me wonder how accurate uh, some of these sites are with some of their ADPs, because Antonio Brown certainly should be somewhere on this list. I mean, he should be up there at least with T.Y. Hilton and Brandon Cooks and Stefan Diggs and Robert Woods and Jarvis Landry. But... No, no, I go down the list and I see, you know, down here at number 40, Anthony Miller and uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Zay Jones, and I don't see any Antonio Brown on here, so I don't know how much I trust him right
0: now. Yeah, I'm going to put a graphic up right now, Um, just saving it real quick, Uh, pardon me, Uh, and then once I get it up, we can kind of, or at least the users can kind of see what uh, the ADPs or the consensus rankings are looking like in the fantasy industry right now. So let me drag that over. And uh, see if we can get that here, um, but it definitely is a, a strange. Um, here we go. Okay, so kind of throwing it up in between us right here. So what I'm showing, at least like we'll just use like the pros for example uh, website. Um, mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley's number one. No real problem there between you and I, correct? I could assume.
1: No. No, I would say overall in uh, non-PPR, even in PPR, Saquon Barkley probably is the number one pick for uh, most fantasy football uh, drafts, at least right now. A lot of things can happen between now and uh, we actually get our fantasy football drafts in August or uh, early September, depending as to how close you want to push it to the regular season. But Saquon Barkley is definitely the number one overall pick to me. Uh, Todd Gurley had a great year this past year, but a little bit... uh concerned about whether or not he was not totally healthy there during the playoffs and in the uh, Super Bowl because they didn't see it didn't seem like as though he was running with the same type of power and authority that he had earlier in the season
0: yeah and and I'm sure you've seen some of my stuff for us um, on that if you haven't I basically just say he's the biggest risk of 2019 and I'm not gonna everybody's already watched the show we talked about like four or five times so I won't abuse them <laughs> with the same stuff but I predict that, that he's going to have that decline, that something's not right with him, and I'd rather be a year early than a year late, and the workload is just so intense. It looks like he's running in mud um, uh, to steal an earlier line, uh, but I, I'm avoiding him at his cost. Um, it's just doesn't, it's not something I, I – I wouldn't invest in him, and I get called crazy for this, uh, before I'd invest in any of the top guys on this list right here in front of us, which is um, for the top six, seven Barkley, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, um, even Don DeAndre Hopkins, um, I'm taking ahead of Gurley at this point. Um, and then I predict that Le'Veon Bell, and we can get there uh, with the right landing spot, which is something that I'm, I'm anticipating, will actually rank above Gurley for me because I just don't want to take on the risk of him not not being the same player. But number three on the list that I have here up on the screen for everybody, it, so we talked about Gurley at two uh, number three is Ezekiel Elliott. Pretty safe. I think he's my number one, actually, um, heading into most drafts. If I had just the number one pick in like one league, I always tell people if I had the number one pick in three different leagues, I'd probably draft Barkley in one, Ezekiel Elliott in the other, and I would probably surprise some people and take Kamara at number n- number one in another league if I had three different leagues with the 1.01. Uh, what are your thoughts on Elliott at number three?
1: Uh, I think that's a real good spot for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I think that probably I would prefer him as my number two overall pick because again, I share with you a little bit of that concern about Todd Gurley. Uh, I think Gurley at number three is probably where I would feel best for taking Todd Gurley anytime from the third pick uh, or later. Uh, Alvin Kamara is right there with uh, with Gurley in my opinion. Melvin Gordon's right there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Real surprise at how good a season he had this past year, but I just don't know that I want to trust him in the Carolina Panthers. Thing about Christian McCaffrey that just doesn't feel right to me in 2019, and I can't put my finger on it.
0: Um, yeah, I mean he was overworked a ton, but I I personally like him um, for a year or two. I don't think uh, I don't know about long term how I feel. Uh, might be one of those people that in two years wants to sell high, uh, but mm-hmm. I do like. McCaffrey, He was on the field, I think, more than any other running back for his team. Um, I'll figure what the stat was, but it was like an astronomical amount of involvement. Um, you just got to wonder if that will take its toll. But I think it's a good spot for me at four. Uh, number. So he's number four on this list for us. I'm not sure if you have the live stream up to see, but I can read it to you so you, you know what I have on the screen. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you don't have to. I can read it off, whatever whatever works for you. But no, So it goes uh, Barkley, Gurley. Ezekiel Elliott, and then Christian McCaffrey at number four. So we've addressed all four of those. Um, Alvin Kamara is number five on the list. And to me, I think that's a, a good spot. I think he can, you know, you can't really call anybody a steal in the top five. But I think that, you know, he has the number one overall upside potential. So I think that that's a great place to get Alvin Kamara. Um again, in a, in a league where if I had the 1.01 in three different leagues, I would take him with one of those picks. I think he's that big of a year ahead. I'm not too worried about whether Ingram's there or not there. I think if he's there, he keeps him healthy. If he's not there, then Kamara gets used a ton. Then the risk goes up a little bit because he could get hurt. Um, but I, how, how do you like uh, Kamara at number 5, or where do you see him fitting in in your rankings?
1: Well, Alvin Kamara, in my opinion, has got to be like the number 4 overall pick uh, behind Todd Gurley. I think that we saw it this past year – kind of like the passing of the torch somewhat and that from kamara took over a lot of the work from uh... mark ingram there in new orleans and kamara just is he's just a flashier running back he's more explosive he showed better power this year than he showed in 2017 kamara's got to be the number four in my opinion uh... Again, I'm a little sour on Christian McCaffrey. Don't know why. I look over here at the uh, graphic because I do have the uh, stream up here, and I see that uh, Melvin Gordon's listed at number six. I would put Gordon at number five, and McCaffrey probably down at number six for me overall.
0: Now, I'd that would definitely be against the trend, so that's cool to hear a different perspective on it. Um, and then Melvin Gordon at number six. What are your thoughts there? I mean, as far uh, as like, I, I, you know, your your rank, or you know, does he belong in that group? Or are you worried about injury?
1: Uh, there's always a little concern about injury with uh, with Melvin Gordon, but he really was having a great season this year, especially where he was drafted in most fantasy football drafts. Towards the end of round one, beginning of round two in 2018, I think that he's going to end up being one of those mid-first-round picks uh, in most fantasy football leagues this uh, this year in 2019. Uh, I've got no problems with Melvin Gordon whatsoever. I know that uh, that the Chargers had a couple of other running backs that showed pretty well when Melvin Gordon was injured. There's always that caveat, which is why you always want to get that handcuff later in the draft. You know, long about round 13, 14, that's when you start thinking about, I need to pick up a handcuff to my stud who's proven to be kind of brittle at times.
0: Yeah. And Gordon, uh, he gets he gets a little uh, doesn't get a lot of love on some of the fantasy football news uh, uh, sources out there for some reason. I read a lot of like you know he's the most ineffective runner, but just gets the volume. Um, I think he's a you know in a great spot and he's a touchdown machine. Um, but I do worry he's so aggressive. I do worry about him staying healthy. So I think it's a safe place to rank him that you know in the six seven range. Um, mm-hmm. I think the risk is kind of uh, okay there. DeAndre Hopkins is at number seven, and I think that, you know, if you wanted to go safe uh, with that top six pick, he might be probably the best receiving option. Do you have Michael Thomas higher than him, or do you have DeAndre right at number? I've got
1: DeAndre as the number one wide receiver for uh, 2019 currently. I think that uh, DeAndre Hopkins just is so explosive and can be so dominant, and we've seen him do it. My biggest problem with DeAndre Hopkins is the fact that sometimes he goes through those long touchdown droughts, doesn't always get the football uh, into the end zone. You know, he's almost always going to get his yards, but he doesn't always get get the touchdowns. And that's one of the problems that I have with DeAndre Hopkins. But if I'm going to take a wide receiver in round one, most likely. It's going to be him right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And what, what would your? And this is a total hypothetical. There's not like a, a strong, you know, concrete news piece on this. But what if Antonio Brown landed in Houston? What would that do for Antonio Brown? And what would that do for Deshaun Watson in your your mind? And what would that do for what would that do for uh, DeAndre Hopkins?
1: Well, I think that Antonio Brown is starting to come around to the waning years of his uh, of his NFL career. So I don't think that Antonio Brown would show up and really affect DeAndre Hopkins that much. If anything, it would be better for Antonio Brown to have a new true number 1 wide receiver opposite him that draws all the attention. And I Hopkins, think we saw yeah. that yeah, yeah, you know, I think that we saw it last year in Pittsburgh with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh Juju ended up uh not having the attention that Antonio Brown was getting paid by opposing defenses. And so Smith-Schuster just went off on a tear and had a tremendous season last year and now has established himself as a true number one fantasy wide receiver, uh, even with Antonio Brown probably not going to be there.
0: Yeah, that's, it's an interesting idea. You know, What, what would that do for uh, Watson? Uh, for Watson, I
1: think it would do a, a lot of good for Deshaun Watson because he would have... Uh, another guy to throw the football to a solid pair of hands a guy in uh antonio brown that really does make uh you know a, a consistent catch uh, machine if you would yeah. antonio brown does not drop passes antonio brown knows where he's supposed to be when he's running his routes so i think it would be really good for deshaun watson Top you know I, two
0: to three QBs if he had in brown it's hypothetical because uh, i don't know he's going there i'm <laughs> just
1: I would say probably top five. I don't know if I go top two or three. Uh, quarterbacks are going to be interesting this year. I'm real curious to see where uh, Patrick Mahomes is going in fantasy football drafts because I know that uh, every, it seems like every other year we fall in love with a specific quarterback because he has a breakout type of season, helps people win their fantasy football championships, and then everybody covets him the next year in the draft. And he ends up going in round one. I think that there's that's just not the right way the right strategy to go with and i would wait to take quarterback until like rounds four or five more often than not but i i don't think that deshaun Watson's going to be a uh, a top three fantasy quarterback this year no but a de- definitely top six
0: and i think this is where we agree on a lot of things usually Russ. um this is the one thing where i think i'm, I'm always kind of against the green with a lot of people uh is that when i find a qb like like mahomes and i think. Mahomes. And I went on the show in 2017, talked about him being, you know, elite yes, I remember Smith was going on. And I, and I wrote him <laughs> as my first bold prediction of the whole year for 2018. So really, really happy to see him succeed because I, I put a lot on the line for my Mahomes pr- prediction, but I think it'll continue. I think he's the kind of guy that can get 45 to 50 touchdowns, you know, every single season. And I know that's a big number. And I know a lot of people think that, you know, he, he won't be able to keep going at that rate. But for me, I wouldn't take him in the top 10 or top 12 because you don't have to. Um, but as a second rounder, I think he's the one QB. I agree with you with a lot of these QBs, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, all these guys falling so far. It's kind of hard to, to take a QB early. But I think at second round value, it is not that big of a risk to me because he scores so many points and can win you, you know, every single week that you're playing if he's on fire. And if you pair him, with let, let's say you get a, a late second and you pair him with a. a Camara or a, a Zika Elliott or Chris McCaffrey right. or, and whatever running back you like Camara um, Barkley, that, that combination is just so dangerous. And I think that it's the safest, it would be the safest route to go. And then if you land one or two of your sleepers, you just, you walk out of your draft with a team that no, nobody should be walking out with. So that's kind of my opinion on Mahomes. And I see him not even in this top, uh, top 20 that we have on the screen here. Right. So, uh-
1: I'm looking at him right now. I see uh, Patrick Mahomes. There he is. He's a down at 29 overall. Yeah, so I have the top 20 up,
0: it. and he, you know, so clearly he's going to be a value. So when I say that, I'll go as far as to say, and this probably won't be the most popular opinion or approach on this, Is I would say he's worth a top 10 pick. But I think that you obviously don't take him there because the ADP suggests you can get him later. You're crazy to take him there. Um, but I think that as a second rounder, if he levels off with an ADP in the second round, I'm still all in. I know you disagree, but that's that's what makes us awesome. Um, and is who would be your number one quarterback? Would it be Mahomes or do you have? No, I would be
1: but, uh, it would be Pat Mahomes. But I think at uh, anything that if he slips to round three. I would consider him there, and where he's currently at on this ranking at 29 puts him right smack dab in the middle of round three, and I think that's a great place to go ahead and take him, but if we're looking at towards the end of round two or the middle of round two, and I get the feeling that as we get closer to fantasy draft uh, season, you're going to start seeing Patrick Mahomes' ADP really shoot up, and he's going to end up being in those, uh, in that. 12 to 15 range, most likely, because people are going to the hype machine will start all up again. We'll see him play a little bit in preseason. He'll toss three touchdown passes in the first quarter of the first preseason game, and that'll basically be it for him. And it'll skyrocket his value, most likely.
0: Yeah, I I think uh, you're right. And I might be one of those buyers. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, toward the later end of that, you know, I would try and let him fall. I wouldn't take him at the top of the second because I try to, to get crafty. Um, but, uh, so next up on the list we had, uh, we talked about Deandre Hopkins. So a guy I think is ranking a little higher than he should be, but I understand it. I'm not saying he's going to bust by any means, but I think it's just a little high as Devonte Adams. Number eight overall, uh, seems like, you know, he almost has to deliver in order for you to break even on your investment. Um, not saying he won't, but what are your thoughts on him ranking in that high as most people's number two wide receiver in most people's top eight?
1: Well, I think after you go after New Copkins, there's a bunch of wide receivers, and I'm really not sure how well how to rank them overall. I think probably to me, Michael Thomas would be my number two wide receiver overall. Uh, I agree. But got, but guys like Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. Uh, uh, who else would be Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, Tyree Kill? These are all guys that go through droughts. They have their drought periods, and during the NFL season, especially Julio Jones. Here's a guy that is an absolute catching machine. You know, I talked about Hopkins going through uh, touchdown droughts. Jones is the quintessential great wide receiver that doesn't catch nearly as many touchdowns as he should catch on a yearly basis and will he
0: this year with a new with a new offense it's probably going to run or pass more than it will run uh, i'm not uh, I'm not sure I want to buy
1: into Julio Jones this year because we heard it all last year. well, you know we're going to get Julio Jones more involved in our red zone offense we, you know he's going to be the guy that that big target we throw the football to when we get inside the ten yard line he's going to be running those fade patterns. you are going to put it up high where only he can get it, and how often did they do that? Not any more than they did in prior years, and that was with a new offensive scheme going into last year i'm not uh, I'm going to need to be it's, it's going to need to be proven to me.
0: Yeah. And a guy I'm really excited about is, uh, uh, Ridley. Um, I think he could have a, a monster year. Um, and, uh, so I'm not sure what I think of, of Julio. It's hard to rank him. Um, like you said, you just don't, you don't know what to buy into. You get excited about it and you always worry about his foot. You know, at some point does he, you know, have a, an issue with his foot. Because his
1: foot, his knee, his ankle, seems like as though there's always something going on with Julio Jones.
0: Yeah. So, you know, somebody to, I think, be a little cautious with, um, I think his ADP isn't too bad. I, where does he rank on here? Number 10. Um, I want to say that this is a little has him a little high. This is a consensus rankings, I think, among most of the experts. So I don't know that uh, his ADP is actually as high as this is showing. In most cases, they are they are the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the times you find the expert consensus kind of mirrors the ADP. But I feel like this, this definitely is showing Julio higher than most people have him. But Calvin Ridley, to me, I think takes that next step. And I'm not saying he'll outscore Julio this year, you know, game for game, but maybe Julio gets hurt, whatever. I think Ridley could get overdrafted and not be a sleeper anymore by the time August comes. But if he is kind of undervalued, I think he could be one of those monster breakout wide receivers that, that has like just an amazing career ahead of him.
1: Well, on one of the ADP charts that I'm looking at right now, it's got uh, Julio Jones as the uh, 11th overall pick uh, in 12-team leagues. To put that in comparison with Calvin Ridley, I think Ridley is the much better value as the 11th pick of round seven. Yeah. on this uh, ADP chart. I mean, I would much rather have Calvin Ridley in round seven than Julio Jones in round number one. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't think he'll finish as a you know top ten wide receiver, but I think he will dance with those kinds of games. He'll have a cup of coffee with the top ten here and there throughout the season mm-hmm. in 2019, so... Um, we'll kind of see what is to develop with the next year after that as to will he be, you know, thought of as the guy, you know, whereas this year he's going to be, whoa, he could be the guy next year. You know, I think he'll just have flashes and an overall season that ends up being a really good wide receiver two season, hopefully trapped inside a wide receiver that you can get, like you said, in the seventh or eighth round, which would be, you know, wide receiver three type investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so next up on the list, James Connor. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen any of my content lately on this, rust. You've been rusting that hand of yours. Uh, so I doubt it. Um, but James Connor and Todd Gurley are my two bus predictions for 2019. My stay away from players, not so much because I think they're 100%, you know, uh, like I'm not 100% on Todd Gurley being hitting that wall, but the red flags are all there. Um, James Connor, I, I like him a lot. He's my number two bull prediction on the whole year. We, we talked about this in August, you know, yes. I loved James Connor, but I loved him and Samuels together. And my prediction really was about the duo in that offense and everything. Um, so Samuels with Eddie Faulkner now the running backs coach in Pittsburgh he was uh, Jalen Samuels uh, college coach at NC State um, he loved Samuels uh, made him a receiving you know beast back then and so now he gets his running back and everyone's assuming that that uh, he's just going to start Connor and that there won't be any kind of buzz developing in the next couple months that that might trigger his adp to go you know screaming down um, like one comment by by a coach being interviewed hey Uh, I think, uh, you know, we'll see what happens at running back. You know, that is going to make his value plummet because like a stock market, I think Connor is at his absolute high. Why would you want to invest at his absolute high? So for me, Connor is the biggest risk. What are your thoughts on Connor um, at his current ADP slash expert ranking in the top nine, ten?
1: Uh, I would agree with you. I think that there's an awful lot of risk right there. He was overworked last season. He did start to break down towards the end of the year. James Conner was a guy that had he was fresh going into 2018. But towards the end there, he started to break down. He did miss a couple games. Uh, I think that pittsburgh is going to have much more of a committee feel to it i think they want to stay away from having bell cow running back because i think that they they've seen the diva side of having one running back that does everything with levy on bell and i think that that's kind of left a little bit of a sour taste so i would not be at all surprised if they go the trend of a lot of teams and they do like a 60 40 split between uh james Conner and samuels i i can see that easily
0: yeah Uh, Real quick question just to interject and kind of throw – not to throw this all off schedule here, but um, Mad Chad wanted to ask um, your thoughts on Lamar Jackson or our thoughts on Lamar Jackson. What do you think for his – is he a top 10 guy this year or is he a guy you still draft as your backup?
1: Uh, He's a guy that I would draft as my backup quarterback. I don't want to trust anyone uh, in Baltimore until I see Baltimore really do more and get better wide receivers and, you know, Try to make their offense more dynamic. I think that uh, Jackson is going to be much more successful uh, than Joe Flacco ever was, and Flacco did have a couple of good seasons for the Baltimore Ravens. But I think that we're I, it, not in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I agree. Twenty okay. is going to be a better time for Lamar Jackson than this upcoming season. I think that this is the year that uh, Lamar Jackson has to really feel his way through becoming a true NFL quarterback and not just a tremendous athlete with a
0: freakish arm. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Um, Michael Thomas is ranking in number el- – so we have Julio Jones and Michael Thomas at 10 and 11. I think we both have already made it abundantly clear that Michael Thomas should be ranked ahead. <laughs> so I yes. don't know why Julio is there. I know this is redraft. <laughs> um, but Michael Thomas, to me, is right up there with Hopkins at 7, 8, um, over you know guys like Connor, over Julio, um, and probably over Gordon. Um, Gordon, I could see drafting there um, right above those guys, but I could also see drafting Gordon below. Uh, thoughts on Michael Thomas? He belongs in the top seven or eight? Yes, in
1: my opinion, Michael Thomas should be the second wide receiver drafted after uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm not uh, adverse to uh, possibly Michael Thomas being above DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Thomas is in a great system there in New Orleans. Drew Brees, we know what type of quarterback he is. He makes uh, he makes everyone look really good around him and Michael Thomas is just the latest of a a long line of great wide receivers that are made better by a great quarterback in a system that is very passer friendly
0: there in New Orleans and what happens a lot of people's concern would be what happens in like a dynasty if you're taking Thomas what happens when Drew Brees you know Retires? (laughs) (laughs) well, I don't think uh, Drew Brees is going to retire
1: anytime soon. I I can see him playing for at least two more years, maybe three. Uh, I think that they will eventually have to groom someone to take over there in New Orleans and be uh, the successor to Drew Brees. Whether or not that's going to be something that they're going to invest a draft pick in this year or next year, I don't know. But... I don't think that uh, we need to worry too much about uh, the drop-off there. I'm sure that they will have some sort of plan in place. And who knows, you know, in a couple more years, Michael Thomas could be out of New Orleans, could be somewhere else, could be with the Rams, could be with the Patriots, could be anywhere.
0: Yeah. Um, next up on this uh, list is Joe, Tom- Joe Mixon, another player that I, I definitely am avoiding at the, at the cost given the risk. Um, uh, Cincinnati, I think, is going to be awful. In 2019, a lot of people are excited about them, but they have a QB coach at offensive coordinator, a QB coach as a head coach. They have no experience there, and Andy Dalton hurt uh, coming back from injury, um, probably with a very sketchy passing game. I like Tyler Boyd a lot, because he'll be throwing from behind often, and I think he'll get a lot of, of good targets. But past Tyler Boyd, I'm avoiding everybody at their ADP, and uh, Joe Mixon especially, because I don't I don't think you when you have other safer players around the spot, I'd rather take those players like a Dalvin Cook, even though he has risk. But um, David Johnson, Odell Beckham Jr., all players I think have much, much safer value than Joe Mixon. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh- I agree entirely. I much would rather have Nick Chubb, Le'Veon Bell, uh, David Johnson, even Aaron Jones over uh, over Joe Mixon. Aaron Jones is, an, is a guy that I don't know what this guy needs to do to get some of the love that he really deserves from fantasy football or from actually the Green Bay Packers. Who knows with a new head coaching staff there, a new coaching staff, maybe we finally see Aaron Jones get used properly and get more than 14 carries in games. That's my hope for him and i think that uh he's proven himself to be one of those guys that you can rely on uh and he does have aaron Rodgers throwing the football and he catches the ball well out of the backfield i think that joe mixon is someone that i would definitely have ranked lower than uh than these other guys we've just discussed
0: it's interesting you bring up aaron jones because he is one guy that i do have some doubts about uh given the cost but there are a lot of people like yourself that really think uh a lot about him and they think he's going to be a breakout this year, so I, I can't uh, fault you there. You're in line with most other people. Um, next up on the list for number three, thirteen, we know is not going to be there anymore. This this data is not updated, uh, taking into account Cream uh, Hunt signing, but Nick Chubb is ranking number thirteen overall. I think you know we all expect Cream Hunt to have at least a six game suspension, the league minimum um, mm-hmm. for this type of thing. But I think a ten, you know, is another question. A twelve, even the whole year, but. Um, so that means Chubb is going to get at least half of a season, roughly, of of elite carries and kind of get his groove on. So definitely worth you know taking in 2019. But where do you rank him now? We know it's not here with uh, the Cream Hunt signing.
1: Well, with Kareem Hunt signing, that that's just it. Is it only going to be a 6-game suspension? I think that Nick Chubb is going to probably end up starting more than just those 6 games. I think that uh, Kareem Hunt possibly is going to face an even longer suspension uh once the once we go through the court system and everything with uh with his uh off-field issues. Chubb is someone that I would draft and then go ahead and trade after like four weeks. He's one of those guys that, you know, when Kareem Hunt does come back, kind of like what uh, you and I talked about in 2018 with James Conner. Conner's a guy that until Le'Veon Bell shows up, you want to have him on your team, but you don't want to be left holding the bag at the end of the year with James Conner. You want to get great value for him long about any time after week four and get something that, that really helps you that you feel better term. Chubb's going to fall into that category, uh, and who knows, maybe Kareem Hunt doesn't turn out to be everything that that everyone expects. I mean, yeah, he's a great running back, but he wasn't exactly having a great time in Kansas City before everything happened. He was a little bit of a disappointment there, so I'm not sure that uh, I really downgrade Nick Chubb all that much uh, because of Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's the guy that's going to have to prove that he can work himself into this rotation more so than I think uh, Nick Chubb is going to have to worry about.
0: I will say, I think Cleveland is making some, some waves. I think they're going to change this organization right away from hit the ground running in 2019. Be one of the most explosive offenses in the league uh, in 2019, at least in terms of, like, aggressiveness. Um, I think they're going to throw a ton, make Baker Mayfield potentially a top 5-6 QB in fantasy for 2019. Um, don't draft him there. You won't need to. But, but definitely one of those, like, not as impacting as Patrick Mahomes was. He was... No one's probably going to ever go from from where he was to being you know a passer to that degree. But I think that if anybody can, I think go from being like drafted almost as a backup or drafted at the tail end of the starters and be a top five QB in 2019, I think it's Baker Mayfield. Um, the cream hunt signing to me is just a genius football move whether you want to argue the right and wrong of it I, I always tell people i'm not really here to discuss that part of it but um but i think it's just a genius move that that puts them in a position to have the best backfield in the league if he comes back if he's healthy if things are going good um you know off the field and, and whatnot with him so really like the moves they're making if they can add another receiver somehow uh it's going to be a big year for cleveland do you what do you what are your thoughts on cleveland for 2019 and beyond
1: I think Cleveland's a team that's on the rise. I mean that they showed really well this year. Baker Mayfield showed a lot of moxie in his first year uh, in the NFL. I think that there's hope. Something that Cleveland, uh, the Browns fans haven't had in decades is really any type of hope. There's finally something to hope. I think that uh, the Kareem Hunt signing, if he does uh, keep his head on straight and if he does make an impact, it's probably going to be more in the passing game as the receiving back out of the backfield more so, because I think Nick Chubb is going to just prove himself just totally worthy of being the bell cow, getting the 15 to 20 carries every uh, every week. The Browns, they need to do something more than just get flashy players on the skill positions. They need to build the interior of that line that offensive line it's it's so underestimated what a great offensive line does for your quarterbacks for your running backs for your wide receivers conversely what a great defensive line can do for your defense get disruption going Uh, I think they need to focus a little more on that interior of their line so that way they can make everyone better uh they're going to be a playoff contender a wild card contender i don't think i can see the browns actually winning the division but at the very least with cincinnati looking like as though there may be a four win team cleveland should not be in the basement anymore and they should be up there with the steelers who are getting long in the tooth with the ravens who are a bit unproven uh browns are going to be right there with them
0: I think the Browns surprised some people and, and kind of vault in, into the mix of, you know, this is one of the top teams like the Rams did very quickly. Your team, uh, mm-hmm. the Rams kind of, you know, rebuilt and, and, and reemerged very, very fast from being a cellar dweller to, you know, a contender. So I see the same thing, same trajectory for the Browns. And, you know, Freddie Kitch- Kitchens, um, you know, who took over the offense in 2019, was promoted to the head coach. And uh, it's great news for the Browns. He has great rapport with Mayfield. I think if anybody can mold him and get the most out of him, um, it's him. And so I, I, I'm just real excited about this offense. We'll see We'll see what they do from right out of the gate in 2019, see how aggressive they are. I think they will be super aggressive. Um, and next up on the list, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is uh, ranked. Let me see. that. My list got small here. Let me zoom in a little bit. Uh, he's 14. getting ranked in the... 14 range, which I think is actually higher than the ADPs have What do you have on the ADP list? Do you still have that?
1: Um, yeah, sure do. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, they've got him as the right around the 11th pick of the first round on this ADP chart, which 11th? takes ADPs from oh. uh, January 23rd through February 23rd. i got to adjust the dates on here and try and make it a little bit more uh,
0: – Let's okay, see. so I'll, I'll, while you do that, I'll start and say that, you know, I, I think if he was ranked at 14, I'd, I would love it. Um, I think he, he's running back 10 on this list right here, and I think that he has a chance to be the top in the top five, especially if his landing spot is good, something I predict will happen, because teams with, you know, enough money to make this happen aren't going to be, you know, buying him unless they think they have a chance to win.
1: Well, well I was listening to you in the first hour, and, uh, you know, I, I thought Snotty was a really great nickname uh, that that came up there. <laughs> But you were talking about Le'Veon Bell possibly going to Kansas City. And I thought, wow, I hadn't thought about Kansas City. And you mentioned Tampa Bay, and that's another good landing spot for him. But Kansas City would be a very interesting spot for Le'Veon Bell because he's an all-purpose running back. He's different from uh, from Damian Williams. Uh, he, he's different from Spencer Ware. He's more of a complete package. He could really have a couple of outstanding seasons if he lands with the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Where does he rank in Kansas City versus Tampa Bay does he climb up your draft board into the top 4 running backs or does if he's in Kansas City
1: If he's in Kansas City he goes into the top 4 and he knocks uh he knocks uh Alvin Kamara out of that 4 spot and puts Kamara down to number 5 and Gordon down to number 6 and Christian McCaffrey down to number 7.
0: And if he's uh, if he's in Tampa Bay where does he rank in your running back?
1: Uh Probably right there with Melvin Gordon around that 6-7 spot.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, in Kansas City, he's in my top two or three. Uh, in Tampa Bay, he's at number five. Anywhere else like Indianapolis or uh, if he was with the Jets, I'd be pretty concerned. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, think I that, would too. Yeah, and Miami and, and the Jets, a lot of times players like... That don't it's almost like these players don't know what offense they're going to sometimes when they talk about it, so that's my only concern is will he pick a place like that based on location and realize that he's going into a black hole? Uh, I don't think the Jets are going to do well um, in 2019, I'm not, I have no hope for him in the future. Uh, and Miami is a black hole as well, so I think if he goes to either one of those teams, um, they'll be better because of him, and I think that he can still do well. But most other places that are a possibility for me, he ranks number five or six overall for running backs. Probably number five or six overall in any draft for me, um, but of course I would use my the ADP to my advantage and not reach there. So I'm not suggesting anybody go take him number five if you don't have to. Um, but yeah, Bell is such an interesting topic, and it's gonna be fun to watch the hype train kick into gear uh, once uh, once he lands in a spot. And if he landed in Kansas City, all the doubters out there about you know talking about him right now as, as that value will vanish. <laughs> Um, Dalvin Cook is number 15. I love Dalvin Cook this year. I think he's coming in a little bit lower than that in ADP data, maybe. Um, Where do you have Dalvin Cook on your ADP list there?
1: Uh, Dalvin Cook uh, checking in as the 14th running back, uh, uh, middle of round three, right about the sixth pick of round number three. Actually,
0: Um, he was ranking a little bit later in ADP data a few months ago, but Cook uh, at around 14, 15, I think it's still a good value um, for me because I think he has top five running back appeal and risk is kind of baked into that value. Um, I think there's still I'd like to see him fall into the 18 to 20 range where he kind of was originally. Um, Mm -hmm. But people are getting excited about him now. And I think his value is kind of climbing to where it needs to be. And that limits a little bit of the upside. But I still like him there. Um, What are your thoughts on Cook?
1: uh dalvin cook's an explosive running back i like dalvin cook a lot i've got him in our dynasty league Uh, i drafted him originally i think that there's tremendous upside there is risk though because he has proven to be a little brittle he's broken down each of the last two seasons so this is a year where hopefully he stays healthy if he stays healthy he's going to be a top 10 fantasy running back no question about it but the question is can he stay healthy
0: yeah that's a good uh concern um, Travis Kelsey at number 16. Um, I personally don't take tight ends this high. It, I, I find it hard to build a really balanced team, a team that at least I like walking out of my draft. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. that The math doesn't make sense. But for me, I really never, ever like my team if I draft a tight end in the second round. I'm just not happy with it whatsoever.
1: I've never been able to win taking a tight end high. Every time I've taken Rob Gronkowski in, like, round two or something towards the end of round two, it's never turned out uh, good for me. So I'm right there with you. The uh, ADP on Kelsey says uh, third pick of the third round, right around the 27th player selected overall. You know, he's a... Yes, he's a great tight end, but I, I think that I would wait on a tight end. And possibly go with like Zach Ertz over him. You know, I much prefer uh, Zach Ertz for his value as opposed to uh, where I'm seeing uh, where I'm seeing Kelsey go
0: or an from Cleveland, kind of a breakout guy, maybe under Baker Mayfield in that offense. Um, yes, I agree exactly. With you. I, you know, Gronkowski's falling pretty far. I could not take Kelsey um, or Kittle. Or Ertz anywhere, even in the top three rounds. That's just my draft style. Doesn't mean that you can't win doing that, uh, but but I'm I'd rather have that breakout tight end kind of work the sleeper angle at, at tight end, or rather than I tell people rather than draft Kelsey early, trade for him low um, when somebody gets out of their draft and they're because if they took him high, they're going to do the exact same thing I was mentioning: walk out of their draft and go. I'm not real happy with my team. I don't have any running backs. You know, they're raw, They're probably going to have a big hole somewhere and regret their decision. So buy Kelsey Low coming out of a draft. Uh, take stab. Maybe week one he struggles. Take a stab at him then. Um, week one and two there always seem to be like five or ten big studs for us that that don't do well. Um, sometimes for multiple weeks and you know to kick off the year and you can always buy low on a few of those guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, it happens every season. Uh, you know, next name on the list, Odell Beckham Jr. Here's a guy that got paid finally last year. Got his money. And now we have to see whether or not the New York Giants do something at the quarterback position. Eli Manning's starting to really show signs of age and not being the quarterback that he was a few years ago. So he's completely tied to what happens there at the quarterback situation for the New York Giants.
0: Yeah, um, Beckham. I, I he's such a tough guy to rank um, talent wise. I think he's in my top three, but mm-hmm. of course, you know, there's always concerns when you get the football. Um, yeah, so you're ranking him at what receiver?
1: Uh, Probably right about where he's at on here. I mean, okay. they've got him at wide receiver five. That might be a little high for me. He's a guy that, that
0: I wouldn't, I, I won't,
1: he won't end up on any of my teams in 2019. He is going way too soon for my for my taste.
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, in the second round for me, I start to get a little more excited. I, I definitely would f- be fearful making him my first drafted player and a guy you'd take like Hopkins and, and be okay with I couldn't take Odell Beckham as my first drafted player thank goodness we won't have to, to face that dilemma mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as a second I'm okay in at least one or two leagues like if I'm doing 10 12 leagues like I usually do Russ yeah um, I'm willing to take a stab at him in the second and build a team around that because I like the look of that uh, but I definitely wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket and draft him in tons of leagues because he does have that opportunity to disappoint Um, another guy next in the list at number 18 is David Johnson. I think he has left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, um, from last year. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think I love this value. And as I said earlier on the show, I'm not sure if you caught that part where I think one of the recipes to win this year is if you get a top four pick and you can get a a Zeke Elliott and pair him with David Johnson, you have a a two potential top five running backs and a monster start to your draft
1: yeah i 'm looking at the adp david johnson 's going seventeenth uh, overall uh middle of round or early middle parts of round two i think that 's great value right there. I would love to have David Johnson on a team this year. I think that this cardinal 's offense is going to show some improvement. I think that josh rosen 's going to surprise people and david johnson 's going to be a big benefactor of that. The only thing that concerns me is that The Cardinals, much like the Browns, need to work on that offensive line because you've got to open up holes for running backs, especially if you're going to try and make a running back run up the middle like they tended to do with David Johnson last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, I don't know, I just think he's one of the better values in the second round by far. Like looking at the second round list here, um, I think uh, Antonio Brown has some upside um, depending on where he goes, but David Johnson um, probably has the most value most upside for the the cost and the risk is pretty low at that point I think that I always say the scale tips the risk and reward scale and I think that people were like oh he's too risky too risky and they don't really no one's really adapted to the fact that that scale tipped and now he's more way more upside than he is risk at that you know 18 to 20 overall range I just think the Mm -hmm. risk is not that big yeah
1: Um, I'm right there with you you know the next guy on the list Antonio Brown the wide receiver for currently the Pittsburgh Steelers don't know if i like antonio brown as the sixth overall wide receiver i think i'd be happier with tyree kill in that spot or juju smith schuster or mike evans uh but i think antonio brown should be down around where aj green is which is at 26 on the list and down around wide receiver 10
0: yeah i i think uh I'm torn on, on Brown there because I think he still has the potential to be a top five wide receiver. But, you know, they're, I acknowledge the risk and I, I think that it just comes down to the safer options. But if he starts falling into the 21, 22 range and I start looking at the other players having around that range, having similar risk, So therefore, I'm I'm really kind of liking the value if he falls a little bit further. Um, so uh, past that, who, who is not on this list that you think really needs to be? Um, This top 20 list Um, guys off the top of my head or actually I got a list here um, that I could name off. Um, Obviously, you you think quarterbacks need to go later. So you wouldn't have Rodgers or anybody else there. Um, Wide receivers um, that that aren't listed. Mike Evans, um, Thielen, uh, Mari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, Keenan Allen. Um, I'm sure you're not. You wouldn't pick anybody below that mark. Um, You got Derrick Henry, um, uh, Michelle, Sonny Michelle. Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette. I mean, it really feels, Russ, after this 20 range, it really drops yeah. off quite a bit because the names the names aren't as powerful.
1: Yeah, you know, I think Aaron Jones, who's actually at number 21 on this list, is a guy that should be in this uh, top 20. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster should be in there. Uh, you know, even someone like a Keenan Allen or an Adam Thielen should probably be in in here somewhere as well as i'm looking down the list but after that you really do have a have a drop-off in the talent level and there's a whole lot of guys that you like but nobody that stands out as being, wow, he's going to really jump off the page and be a stud. You know, some nice names like uh, that are sleepers for the uh, for the middle rounds. Kenny Galladay for the Detroit Lions. I love Kenny Galladay going into the, the season. I think that he really took a step up in 2018 and 2019 is going to be his breakout year, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes as a top 20 fantasy uh, player overall uh, in 2019. Philip Lindsay's is a guy that I also really like. That could be a good sleeper in those uh, rounds four, round five areas. Uh, you know, you mentioned Sony Michelle. My only problem is that we see it every year with the New England Patriots, yeah. three-headed running back by committee,
0: and, and who knows, in end injury. Mix mm-hmm. all that in, and Michelle's a high, If he's going in the third, top of the third, I think it's a pretty risky um, pick, and a lot of people seem to either like that or hate that, so we'll see. It's probably a draft-by-draft draft basis whether you see him go high or low, but I agree. Uh, and, and real quickly, not to uh, interrupt you here, but uh, Daryl uh, Bevel, Bevel is the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions now, um, very much a ground-and-pound type player, uh, proven with his Marshawn Lynch days um, in Seattle. Do you think that... Uh, there's going to be enough passing for Gall- Galladay to have the breakout season you're talking about, or do you anticipate there being a, a different mix than we than most people might assume?
1: I think that uh, Galladay is really the best wide receiver on the Detroit Lions, and Matt Stafford has always had a a great rapport with, like, one wide receiver. Mm -hmm. In all those years with Calvin Johnson, with Johnson being a stud wide receiver, I think Galladay's going to be kind of in that mix this year. Marvin Jones is miscast as a number one wide receiver. Uh, I thought the same thing with Golden Tate. When Golden Tate was with the Lions, he was miscast as a number one wide receiver. Galladay's got better skills than either of those guys and i think you're going to see galladay catch you know over 80 passes he's going to have over 1200 yards he's going to flirt with 12 to 14 touchdowns he's going to be a great pick in rounds three or four for somebody
0: i do like him a lot um he was on the bull predictions for last year um kind of kind of broke out but you know almost a year early on him. i think um but i think that they will have enough to i think make somebody a thousand yard receiver although i don't know that there will be two of them or anything close to that in this offense. Um, but on Johnson, if healthy, I think could have a big year, um, a guy that, that you might take well below this top 20, but maybe he'll be in hindsight worth you know that kind of value, um, especially if you handcuff him to whoever looks like the, the, the person that needs to be handcuffed to him, whether it's a rookie name. Um, they could draft a big-name rookie, given how far rookies fall in the NFL draft, without making a team look foolish or reaching when they have a, an already good player like carry on Johnson. Um, So I think that'll be an interesting uh, uh, thing to watch uh, the draft and what Detroit does and how good that running back duo will look Um, thoughts on Damian Williams. I know a lot of people probably would love to hear us talk about is he, uh, I know we wouldn't take him necessarily this high, but is he a player that if so many things could happen, the chiefs could draft a running back, the chiefs could like we talked about, take on bell, Le'Veon bell, but Damian Williams, if he's the starter, is he where does he rank for you and how worried are you that that he will avoid all those you know turns of events that could make him not a starter for the Chiefs yeah
1: that's- it's one of those things that it's that risk-reward factor, and we'll find out when we get to the uh, NFL draft what the Kansas City Chiefs do. Uh, if they draft a running back or if they get Le'Veon Bell. Sorry, Damian Williams, you, you did great for, for the time that you were in the offense and what you were able to do for a short uh, sample size. But as far as being the running back of the future, they signed him to a, what, two-year, $8 million deal? That's not a really big, lucrative contract for for a running back so I think that uh, Damian Williams is someone who gives you maximum effort you know he's a good blue collar type of running back but whether he's going to be special that I kind of question but definitely you know someone that currently with a uh, draft uh, status going somewhere around uh, around uh, the 10th pick of round six, according to uh, Fantasy Football Calculator's ADP. You know, I think that uh, that's value right there currently, as long as he holds on yeah. to that job. I if he holds.
0: And, and similar to some of the other players, like Kelsey, I said don't draft him at the risk, but trade for the regretting owner that took him too high. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Damian Williams, Damian Williams is one of those players that you're better off letting someone else draft Um, Or trade form in dynasty right now at a very low cost from somebody that thinks that, you know, he's not going to, you know, they're worried about his situation. But um, Terry Terry Cohen, um, Jordan Howard, Leonard Fournette, all these guys missed the cut. Um, Stefan Diggs. uh, Let's see here.
1: I'm surprised to see Stefan Diggs ranked higher than Adam Thielen. I really am. I mean, Stefan Diggs has got a lot of great skills, but Adam Thielen just put everything together last year, and I think that he proved himself to be the better of the two wide receivers.
0: Yeah, uh, I I think um, uh, Stefanski, um, who has been made the offensive offensive coordinator, um, and I think they brought in Kubiak uh, as an advisor of some sort. It's kind of strange. Um, mm-hmm. the way that they announced that. But I think that uh, once they took over, once uh, Stefanski took over last year, um, he they ran the ball really well. They got Cook going again. Um, so there's a lot of talk that they might not pass near as much, and I think that might be driving down the Thielen rankings a little bit. Um, I think it's kind of warranted in some respects, but maybe there's an overreaction in others because I think they'll still pass the ball. Uh, I think a lot less, but I think it'll be more of the Delvin Cook show Uh, in Minnesota moving forward. But I do like Diggs myself, um, and I think he could have a breakout year. I'm not saying he's better than Thielen. I'm not saying he should be ranked higher. But I think kind of what you were talking about about earlier, I like the value in what Diggs will give me more than the value of Thielen if he's still going to cost a lot. Um, And I anticipate, come draft time and redraft at least, Thielen will cost more than it looks like, as, as ADP suggests right now.
1: You know who I'm really hoping actually gets uh gets onto the field in two thousand nineteen is Darius Geis. Darius Geis is a huge wild card. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking at where he's at here. He's number forty seven on the list, running back number twenty three. This is a guy that uh according to his ADP let's see if I can find him on here real quick. Uh they actually have Darius Geis on uh fantasy football calculator coming through as the uh Towards the end of round two, which I think is really kind of high for for this, Uh, I think the 47 ranking, because of the extra surgeries that he had on that torn ACL uh, recently, is something that uh, might drive him down. It's going to be interesting. I like Darius Geis. I was really excited for him in 2018. The knee injury certainly derailed that, and he's a guy that could be a breakout candidate uh, if he manages to recover from the uh, multiple surgeries.
0: I agree, and Russ, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I'm, I'm obligated to ring this bell every time we get a subscriber, so I apologize. Awesome. The eardrums. That's okay. <laughs> I mostly apologize to Miss Mitty, who's um, hearing this throughout the house. This is the l- l- the loudest bell I've ever seen. It, as I say, puts a church bell to shame. It is so loud. <laughs> uh, I ordered off Amazon and, and did a video. You should watch that video if you haven't seen it. Um, uh, actually, I could probably play it, but um, where my 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 girlfriend's reaction is like. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to have to sleep through that because my studio is built in my house, and that bell mm-hmm. sounds the same whether you're in the studio or in the kitchen or what. <laughs> so I'm I'm, a, I'm not in the doghouse, I'd say, but I'm definitely not, um, you know, uh, boyfriend of the year at this current moment. I did get flowers on the way to getting all the ice and soda. I've got an ice chest down here. I'm trying not to leave the studio unless i got to go to the bathroom. Um, so I've got everything in here, but uh, I tried to kick it off good by bringing her f- flowers. Um so we'll see if uh she's still out there when I get out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I tell you what, you're you're going about it with uh 24 hours, right?
0: Uh yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and only um only 21 more to go to hit that mark and then I'm I'm trying to go way over that, but we'll see what happens with my not so spry age. Like when I started <laughs> in this business. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember. I was a much younger man when I first started in this industry. <laughs> yeah, that's why I am the dinosaur of the industry.
0: <laughs> so, Russ, before we let you go, I appreciate you come on for like a whole hour. Uh, oh, my pleasure. Uh, first, let me just say, if you want to find Russ Bliss, you can go to fifteen eighty uh, the fanatic, or what's the exact website address? Uh, the fanat- uh, fifteen
1: eighty the fanatic dot com,
0: fifteen eighty the fanatic dot Uh, You can stream his show during the season, which I appear on, uh, for the whole hour on on Tuesdays. Um, And we talk fantasy football, do all this kind of stuff in the radio form. And uh, Russ has been on the air with his The Red Zone, uh, with Russ Bliss channel or or show, radio show, for going on this year would be 23 years. So there is no person in the world that has had a fantasy radio show longer than Russ Bliss um, so, and you can stream that it used to just be, you know, on terrestrial radio and people could only listen to it in town. Now that like, anybody can listen to it anywhere online, stream it live, um, Russ is a, a dinosaur and, and, uh, yeah. in a good way. Um, he has so much, I'm kind of
1: like the fantasy football curmudgeon now. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're like the, uh, uh, the Bernie Sanders of fantasy football. You won't go away <laughs>
1: oh. and you're, but you are,
0: you are so passionate, <laughs> And uh, and uh, I like I love being on the show, Russ. You're you're awesome. You're you're a legend. And um, I just I'm looking forward to a 2030 year. I hope we do it and it keeps going. Um,
1: I hope so too, my friend. Hey, I tell you what, if I get up in the middle of the night and check out uh, the stream, maybe I'll call in again.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, just message me on Skype and I'll dial you up again. Just uh, make sure you got something decent on, and we'll we'll throw you on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll try and make sure that I'm at least. Uh, uh, coherent
0: <laughs> okay in one name toss out one name of, of just a guy you're excited about uh that you want somebody to know about this they say russ said this name when he got off the air
1: jared goff i don't understand how brandon cooks robert woods and cooper cup all rank in the top 25 wide receivers you know on this list that that we were going over they're in the top 46 players overall for fantasy football and yet jared goff sits there as like the quarterback that's ranked number eight number nine i mean jared goff has had two good years in a row now and jared Goff's someone that's going to help a lot of people and with his current uh pick of being i want to say it's like the 11th pick of the eighth round i think that's tremendous value right there for a guy that's going to be a top five six fantasy quarterback
0: yeah i i think he's a good quarterback they did a uh, i forget if it was red bull or somebody did a uh a spoof on it look it up on online i'll try and play it here for everybody at some point so if you're watching but um where Goff dresses up as a, a high school transfer recruit um, and he he goes and plays football with this high school or no i think it was a uh, it was a very low and college team i think uh, and uh division i don't know what division it was but very very low group you know like up in like a very very uh unskilled group of people it looked like so he goes out there and he's challenging the starting quarterback, and the the coach told the quarterback, "Hey, uh, this guy is coming and he's a, a transfer and he's going to compete for your job." And like the whole team is like, "No way, no way!" And Goff just goes out there and airs it up, <laughs> and uh, it's a really cool little ad. Then at the end, he takes off his hair and his fake mole and everything, and just you know, trying to inspire people to not give up when they face adversity and. This the starting quarterback looked like he just lost his marbles because you know his job was <laughs> taken by this guy launching these missiles. <laughs> uh, but That's it's really awesome. good. I'll try I'll to play it out. at some point. But it was, it was a great little spoof uh, commercial that they did for Red Bull. But uh, hey, um, Russ, I appreciate you have, having you on. And um, yeah, definitely let me know if you want to come back on later in the show. Um, I'll be I'll be around in the morning too. <laughs> so if you don't feel like doing it tonight, uh, we'd love to have you back on in the morning. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you know. Okay. Russ Bliss, guys, I, legend, fifteen eighty dot com. Or I'm sorry, the, what is the the URL one more time? Fifteen eighty the fanatic dot com. Fifteen eighty the fanatic dot com. Uh, to, to check out Russ Bliss and make sure during the season you follow us because we are doing it every week on fifteen eighty AM and streaming. So thanks, Russ. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, my friend. Take right. it easy. There you have it, guys. Russ Legend. Um. Very glad to have him on the show. Awesome guy. Good people.